0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. Well, Sergio Perez won Formula 1's Azerbaijan Grand Prix sprint race event this afternoon, overtaking Pulsar to Charles Leclerc, finishing with almost a five-second lead. Yuki Tsunoda caused a safety car period on the opening lap after hitting the wall, and the safety car was uh, a day, uh, deployed to clear the debris. Now, Leclerc did lead the restart, but Perez passed him on that 22 kilometer straight to take the lead. Max Verstappen, though, couldn't do the same and came home. Third, after a first-lap skirmish with George Russell. He finished fourth, by the way. Uh, the second Ferrari Carlos Sainz was fifth. Flow home by Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton, Lance Stroll, Alex Albon, and Oscar Piastri. So, let's get the verdict on what Saturday's mini-pre was like from someone who is the Jake Boxall leg uh, in his new role in 2023 uh, and is on-site at uh, the Baku circuit, Jake, how you doing? Thanks for joining us.
1: Not too bad, thank you. Um, it's been it's it's been very kind of uh, Formula E almost, being in a city and being able to walk to the track. It's a little bit of a novelty in that regard for f- a Formula One race. So, uh, I've quite enjoyed that. I've quite enjoyed it. Relatively easy to get to, and the, the you know you, the, you know the racing around here is always pretty spectacular. So, I'm looking forward to seeing a big one tomorrow.
0: So Saturday is almost this standalone day, which is why I kind of half jokingly called it the mini pre because. It's qualifying in the morning, which has no bearing on Sunday because that was all done and dusted on Friday afternoon. And then we have that 17 lap, 100 kilometer or so event on a Saturday afternoon, which, yes, points are scored, but no, doesn't seem as consequential anymore compared to the old format. But clearly, we saw the action today. You know, the drivers were going for it. Uh, so. Let me just talk about... Yeah, I've given our listeners the results, first of all. So let's get back a little bit to this morning and qualifying or sprint shootout, as they want us to call it. But, it's, but then they call it SQ, so sprint qualifying. So let's use the qualifying word. How different was that to regular qualifying? So different time of the day. So hardcore Formula One fans I've seen online enjoying it because track temps were different, different set of circumstances. But for the average fan... Was it that much different to what we'd just seen the day before? What was your verdict on this morning?
1: You know, I think it was actually, and I think it was partly perversely because it was a much smaller time frame. Um, I think we actually got more running out of it because uh, people treated it like a wet session. Um, You had all of these drivers trying different things. Um, Obviously, they're locked into a certain tyre. But, um, you know, they were trying different things and then it kind of converged upon just staying out there and keeping it going and go on a high fuel run and just pound around until eventually you've got the best of the track. And um, so I think it was very different compared to usual qualifying where you do a lap on soft tyres, you pull back in, assess your data and then you go again. Um, This one sort of had a very different face to it.
0: And then the downside of Saturday, competitive Saturday action in the morning with Logan Sargent and the Williams and that crash and that kind of scuppers their weekend a little bit. So he didn't take part uh, this afternoon. But then we get into the sprint or the sprint race. I'm still not quite sure what we meant to call it. Um, What was your verdict on that? Because I enjoyed it and I've come in for some stick I said on the video earlier this week on our YouTube channel and yesterday's podcast, I'm not a fan of this weekend format. But I think what I got wrong was I was trying to explain I'm not a fan of changing it so late. Um, people don't hang on every word of autosport.com as much as we wish. As we wish they would. Um, but, but you know, I just think it was so late in the day. It felt rushed. It felt it just felt like kind of making it up as they go along. But, of course, they weren't. That was my criticism, really, of, of the weekend, actually, when it got to it. Yes, we got more competitive track action. Yes, I was still hooked. Yes, I still watched it. And so maybe I have to eat a little bit of humble pie. But what was your, your take watching it there at Azerbaijan?
1: From the perspective of the first lap, it was very, very uh, exciting. I do think that there is a little bit of uh, drivers holding back and they are trying to put themselves in the best shop window for where most of the points are scored tomorrow but that didn't stop George Russell from giving it a very good go against Max Verstappen. They came to blows and they disagreed quite publicly. It wasn't the most spectacular sprint race I don't think we've ever seen. I think, you know, Brazil has been fantastic for that in in previous, but um, I think it it has its merits. Um, And I think that we probably do need to see a little bit more of how sprint qualifying and actual qualifying together work. Uh, in unison because, you know, we've got a sample size of one and that's probably not enough. Um, it was sort of pretty one way. I think we expected a red ball to get past the clout at the start and that happened and it was Perez. Um, Verstappen's damage with Russell probably hindered him from doing the same. You, you can change the format and you can change the lead in and the preamble, but at the end of the day, we've got the same result really. So, you know, I think... It's, it's not it's definitely not a band-aid I think we've definitely seen that today but I do again I do think it has its merits and I think that there are issues that have been thrown up by this weekend, such as the uh, sacrificing tyres for qualifying, so you can't use them in sprint qualifying three, as uh, Lando Norris went through. And with, uh, bizarrely enough, he was uh, because there's a loophole in the regulations where you could, he could have theoretically done a qualifying lap on wet tyres, and uh, McLaren had put him on wet tyres ready to go just in case something happened and he was able to maybe qualify ninth or something. So there are loopholes and there are regulations that have been thrown up by this. It's got its own place.
0: It just needs to be a little bit clearer where that is. Let's talk a little bit about that clash between Max Verstappen and George Russell. When George got past, Verstappen clearly frustrated and angry. It looked like a 50-50 to me. George Russell had much less to lose, both today and over the course of the season as well. I must admit, that was probably the highlight of the sprint for me, in terms of uh, there was some interesting action in the midfield pack. There were some sort of decent battles. A lot of it had very little consequence, but... Uh, that for me, the highlight was you know, looking, oh, what's gonna happen here and, and then the the safety car kind of sort of scup at any battle of Verstappen getting past under under racing conditions. I did think Verstappen had his Wingy pants on today. And also I think if I you know if I was Red Bull's PR, <laughs> uh, but if I was Red Bull's <laughs> PR, I'd say, look, you are gonna win every race in 2023. Your car is a beast. Adrian Newey is next level. Max Verstappen's going to be world champion again this year. Maybe it's a little classless when, like, the pit wall are talking to him and being like, Yeah, nice, nice, nice pass, Max, and you didn't even hit anybody. Yeah, nice work. And I get it. It's like, it's fine. But if Red Bull fans ever wonder, Why don't more people like Red Bull? And I think it's, you know, it's the interesting thing as well. Like, a lot of British fans don't like Red Bull for whatever reason. You know, they're based in Great Britain, British engineers. Like, if you are playing the the nationalistic card. Lots of reasons for people in this country to like Red Bull. For some reason, they don't. I know the, my Dutch friends find it quite confusing, but there's moments like that when I'm like, come on, Red Bull, rise a little bit and just take the high road a little But uh, But Verstappen clearly frustrates. One of the reasons we love watching Verstappen because he is just the ultimate talent and <laughs> he does get in the flap sometimes. How did you read that situation between that little clash? And, and I didn't. Un, I didn't quite fully see all the damage so can you explain a little bit more about that
1: let's just go through the incident I think Russell clearly had the better start of the two and he was trying to move up inside turn one side by side through turn one and turn two and it came to turn three Russell was much further alongside had the inside line and Verstappen tried to hold it on the outside which I think was ambitious at best um, given how close that wall is given you know that we've seen several incidents there this weekend already so It was ambitious and maybe Russell did understeer into Verstappen a little bit and touch. And so basically that was the outcome of it. Uh, Russell did, you know, touch Verstappen's side pod and there was at the end of the race a little bit of a gaping hole in it. It was only going to happen that way. And I think Verstappen say, yeah, you know, Russell could have left space. I left space down the inside because he didn't hit the barrier. But... I don't necessarily think that sometimes you've you've got to know when to back out and um, you know that's uh, something that has been said about Max Verstappen various times I think it's great that he's such a, a racer and he pushes with everything that he's got but sometimes discretion is the better part of valor and I think
0: in that instance it probably was. I'm surprised that he couldn't get closer to Leclerc. I thought that once Perez got the the Ferrari of Leclerc, it was a done deal and Verstappen would close on up, turn everything up, get past him, break the DRS second and then turn everything down again. And maybe they'd do formation flying and they'd let Perez win or whatever, but it didn't work out that way. Why do you think Verstappen didn't or couldn't get past the Ferrari of Leclerc today and he came home third? I think there was a
1: little bit of damage to to that Red Bull, and it wasn't a whole amount. Well, it was literally a whole amount because uh, it was a hole in this sidepod. But he um, couldn't quite just you know get within his wheel tracks, and I think that was a legacy of that damage. And by the end of the race, he was up there with him, but he just ran out of time to try and make an assault. Um, last two laps, he did have DRS on Leclerc, but um, he couldn't do it on lap sixteen. And then on lap seventeen you have, let, you have uh, less DRS space available because the start-finish line comes up at you. So he just couldn't make it happen and um, you kind of had to settle for third today. But I don't necessarily think that that will be the case tomorrow and it should be, if he avoids contact, pretty slam dunk.
0: On the way, we will talk about what we can look forward to the rest of the weekend and what Max Verstappen has said afterwards about this weekend's format. Stick around back in a second. Okay so one thing I did do though JBL was when uh because of just family life when sprint was over I did turn off straight away so normally after the grand prix partly cuz I you know I work covering formula 1 but also I enjoy it um, I would usually stick around and hear what the drivers have got to say I'm like oh I'll catch that catch that later and I still haven't done but I get, and so that's interesting cuz formula 1 is asking a lot of its fans and I'm both a fan and you know, it's my job as well. So, um, so that I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. So I, sort of, I noticed my own behaviour a bit differently. I'm looking forward to what the listeners say about whether they watched it or not, and whether they had time to watch more competitive sessions. Formula One is demanding more of its fans uh, with this this format. But afterwards, Max Verstappen, I was reading the quotes. I didn't see it, but I did. I sort of I read up afterwards. Um, he was saying in the post post race press conference that he, you, you know, scrapped the whole thing. He's not a fan. Is that just because he didn't win? Or is he being consistent with his messaging? Because he doesn't seem to have been a fan all week of this.
1: Yeah, it's been very very consistent from him, and um, he says, you know, I'm a, I'm a real racer, and I race, and that's my job, and that's what I'm supposed to do. But, um... In the press conference after the race as well, um, he said, you know, it's not racing, it's gambling. And, you know, he might as well go to Las Vegas and go to the casino if it's going to be all about gambling. So it's, as I say, it's been very, very consistent from him. He doesn't like the format. I think he said on another news outlet that it was terrible. Um, You know, he's not just saying it just to be controversial. I just genuinely don't think he likes it at all. Um, Charles Leclerc was a little bit more, let's say... Circumspect, He says he doesn't hate it, but I think there seems to be needs to be some changes. Uh, Sergio Perez was about the same after the race. So I think, you know, it's it's a mixed bag at the moment, I would say.
0: Yeah, I was trying to work out. I've been a little bit critical of this format. Is just, am I just an old man stuck in my ways? Because Formula One, the one thing that's been consistent about it is it always changes. And we've just had this 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 current format of, I think the qualifying format is very good. Not, I'm talking not talking about sprint, I'm talking about normal weekend. Uh, I think I like the qualifying at the minute. I like Park Fermi conditions. I like the general regulations. But yeah, over the years, uh, they've gone for a little practice on a Sunday morning. There's been no Park Fermi. They have had qualifying tyres that fell apart after a lap. They've had refueling. Oh, I mean, I could go through forever. So uh, I need to be careful that I'm not just sort of you know rose-tinted spectacles and stuff and i want i want to give this a good chance but uh, moving forward to sunday is there anything that you think that you've learned from watching today that you didn't know after friday or has today been sort of a totally self-contained little mini pre all very interesting doesn't change anything or or have you as a you know someone covering formula one uh, learned things that you think oh okay so that's shed some new light on sunday's race
1: everybody was very very coy in the post-race press conference and they said Look, it's going to be different track conditions on Sunday. Everyone's going to be on uh, maybe using different tyres and they'll be uh, with higher fuel loads. So, what we saw in the sprint race might not necessarily be representation of what we saw in um, what we see in the Grand Prix tomorrow. But I think, you know, it's still hard to deny that Red Bull is very much the favourite going into this. Um, Ferrari is struggling with its tyre wear a little bit and it's made steps forward, but I think there's still some kind of uh, deficit. But I was surprised to see how well George uh, George Russell kind of, you know, stayed well ahead of everybody else, stayed ahead of of science and, and Alonso and the cars behind him. And I think if Mercedes even though it's got a bit of a deficit in the straight line. um, That's not the be all and end all around Baku. And if you look at the sort of uh, telemetry and you look at the data and GPS data and stuff, you can actually see that they're actually pretty good in the corners and they're making up a lot of time there. So if they can get the traction down, they they should be very, very strong. And I think we could probably expect to see unless something amazing happens and uh, he's able to pull something out of the bag. I think probably Fernando Alonso's streak of third places might come to an end tomorrow just because the Aston Martin's really been struggling with straight line speed and the DRS hasn't been, you know, entirely working. It's been a bit intermittent. So um, it's going to be a different order, not at the front, but I think behind that we'll see, you know, potentially a Ferrari on the podium if uh, Leclerc and Science can make the most of it in the race Um, so I think yeah um, quite uh, quite a few changes up and down the order Um, McLaren's been there and thereabouts as well Um, Lando Norris did fall back in the sprint race but that was partly um, due to reasons outside of his control starting on the softs various other things so um, if they can get it together On Sunday, then they've got a real shot at some some big points again uh, in Baku.
0: There's been you can't change the rules during the uh, during the event. I mean, they 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 changed the the sprint format pretty close. It was midweek, but even during this weekend, there's a chance, high chance of a safety car. Could even be a red flag because this is uh, street circuit tomorrow. And if we do get a red flag, they're they're talking about restarting it in a different way to give the drivers more heat in their tires but that's not a rule change uh this was a, a fernando alonso suggestion from friday's driver's briefing i gather can you just fill our listeners in on on this
1: yeah so um obviously after the controversy of uh, of australia where everybody was on very very cold tires and then descended into a bit of a, a fracas let's say so the safety car is going to go for the restart and it's going to leave the pit lane and it's going to sort of set everything up for the restart, but it's going to leave 30 seconds earlier than the rest of the cars. So the leader will effectively have control in leading the pack and that should mean that the drivers can go a little bit quicker because they you know, they always complain about the safety car being too slow, get more heat into their tyres that way rather than ambling about and weaving because it's not as effective as just going quickly and breaking, that seems to be the ethos behind it as you say yes it was uh, instigated at Fernando Alonso's request Um, he suggested it they put it into practice so it's not quite a rules change it's just a change in how a rule is being applied and um, theoretically um, you know there's a very good chance we'll see it this weekend in action but um, theoretically it should mean that just quite simply um, the drivers aren't going to be skittering about into turn one and causing all sorts of mayhem
0: we'll wait and see if they need to use it this weekend if it does you'll see the safety car disappear off with its lights uh flashing and uh, whoever is at the front of the queue in the pit lane just waiting and waiting and waiting until their engine is all right you can go now uh but that'll be it's an interesting way of doing it it's a, it's a it's a neat idea i think jake thank you so much you can follow what jbl is writing along with matt q who is out there as well for us online right now autosport.com uh, is where to keep an eye on between now and uh, the main event make sure you join us as well for sunday's uh, big podcast review of the azerbaijan grand prix i'll be joined by philip who is not there for medical reasons i'll see if he wants to spill the beans on on why no pressure tomorrow along with myself and uh, kev on the podcast as well and then on monday morning after the event make sure you're having a look at autosport.com to read all of our analysis and things like the driver ratings thank you so much for listening today and we'll catch you on the next one
1: Podcast Network.